Welcome to Coffee Podcast. I'm Ali. And I'm Emma. And each episode we pick a short Australian story to listen to while we drink our morning coffee. And Alison has joined me in the realm of real coffee this episode. Just for once. It's not not Nescafe, which is problematic, but we're dealing. We're all dealing together. (laughs) So this episode I have picked a wonderful short story called Particles in My Body by Louise Swin. And it's going to be read by Eleni Schumacher. Enjoy. I wasn't paying much attention. And I realised I hadn't really heard the last couple of things Soda had been saying to me. I was staring at the back of a box of wild berry mini-wheats, dangling my spoon between two fingers. Soda was sipping tea, and I realised too late, looking at me with intent. I felt his warm, sweaty morning paw on my knee and slowly looked around and straight into his big eyes. He had a whisker caught near his nose, so I put down my spoon and moved it away. My dressing gown fell slightly open. I pulled it across and recrossed my legs. Soda said, Why don't you hate me? After seven years, all of our cells are new, and we are completely new human beings. By that stage, we're made up only of the things that went into us in those seven years. Last night, I punched Soda so many times, so hard, that this morning it hurts to move his right shoulder. When he does, he gives a little yelp. I stroked his ears down and put his left slipper back onto his paw and said, every particle of me has you in it. Last night, after I punched Soda, I dreamt that he died, and when I woke up, for the first ten minutes, I couldn't move my right shoulder. I don't think I chose Soda. Soda, my body seems to be the only thing holding you together. We have that in common. I stretched my legs out and pushed the cereal box away from me. Each of the last five nights I've attended Soda's funeral, The first night, I was his housemate. The second night, I was his father. The third night, his best friend. The fourth night, his cat. The fifth night was real. I was his right arm. Soda's brow was furrowed. His voice was at its huskiest when he said, But what can I give you then? He moved his chair around closer to me and took my face in his huge paws, which made me jump a little. His paws are so big. I said, it's what you can't take away now. He leant away from me and moved the bowl of sugar nearer his mug. He filled the teaspoon with sugar, held the teaspoon over his mug and for a while glanced at me. Then he emptied his teaspoon back into the sugar and looked back up at me and said, is this what it means to be more than the sum total of my parts? It didn't feel like a question. So I picked up his mug of tea and drank some, put it back down, and didn't answer. So I was reading an interview with the writer, Mm. and she commented on how she was very interested in interiors. Yeah. And I thought that was very apt for this story because it covers the interior, like the internal landscape within this relationship and like their feelings about it. But also that interior space in the kitchen was crafted so well. I thought that made like the, 
the setting made a really good balance with the um the characters because the setting was so realistic of mm. the cereal box and the chair scraping on the floor and things like that mm. which i found like was a really good balance with the uh, from my perspective like, i thought it was a like, quite surreal the actual relationship between the characters because I, I still don't know what that soda was yeah is it her partner is it a cat i don't know yeah it was so strange it really uh it reminded me a lot of magic realist mm. literature and we know that it comes from a anthology of escapist literature yeah so but you're right because that balance between the mundane very normal physical space they were in it was almost the perfect setup for a breakup discussion like the morning yeah. after a really intense emotional breakup discussion, which you can so perfectly imagine as a very real situation. And yet it's a cat. I thought it was a bunny. I was I had a Donnie Darko bunny in my mind. Well, if, at, at the beginning of the story, I thought it was a dog. The only part that made me think, I think it's a cat, is when she's talking about the dreams mm. of the funeral. And she goes through and it's, the, I was the housemate, I was the father, I was the best friend, I was his cat, mm. I was part of him. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, it's, it's, it's a cat? Like- <laughs> but again, that could be completely only due to the actor's intonation there. I don't know. I was his cat. Well, yeah, so that implied to me that like she, but he is currently her cat. Mm. But a big cat. Well, yeah, I think that's why, like, imagining him as this talking, like, giant Labrador or or sheepdog or something, for some Mm. reason, seemed more realistic. (laughs) With slippers on his paws. Until until I heard that line, then I was like, like, a a giant cat. And then then my brain just kind of broke and was just like, is it just a giant furry? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) The cat from Alice in Wonderland, you could also picture cat in a hat or something some sort of giant humanoid cat it added a really nice texture to the story describing their ears and paws and it added this lovely velvet texture into the whole narrative which i really enjoyed hearing well yeah like it was this i liked it was this beautiful mix of really nice language and and soft and um, but then also, and then like you had those lines about like the, the I spent all night punching him, mm. and I was just like, oh my god, I cannot see where this story is going. I found that very disturbing. I did, yeah. That was one of those lines that I think it, it shows me how much like I still kind of get stuck in sort of gendered stereotypes or something, I guess, because that is a line that I could get through because it was a female actor reading. Mm. If it had been a male actor reading, I would have, I mean, I already found it problematic, but yeah. would have found it a lot more uh, scary. Yeah. Which is a good thing to realize as well that you are applying that different treatment based on the gender mm. when really it's the same. And then in my head as well, I was imagining someone beating up a cat and I was like, that yeah. is horrific as well. And just no matter how you look at it, it was I just found it incredibly disturbing and I don't think it was a put in there to be as disturbing as that. 
but since that line was said I found it very difficult to come back to the story yeah without that in my mind it and I think that's that also like it kind of definitely created this almost like I don't know almost very mild like horror element to Mm. me that because you don't know what the other character is what soda is Mm. that yeah like is is this a partner and this is just a a incredibly horribly toxic relationship Mm. that they're trying to kind of get themselves out of or yeah having that breakup discussion Mm. or is this an animal or a pet in which case like it's just horrific the Mm. idea that they've just abused this pet Mm. which also like the first time I heard it, I thought like, oh, well, maybe it's like just a stuffed animal or something. Mm. But then it's given so much more realism than that. I yeah. don't, it, like it just a lot of different directions. That yeah. I didn't know where to go. <laughs> and even if you accept the surreal premise of the story, which is that it's some kind of anthropomorphized being, mm. it's still horrific. And it just turned the story into this abusive relationship that threw me quite a lot and I was so moved by one of the last lines where he's like or the the um bunny cat Mm. is saying is this what it feels like to be more than the sum of your parts and when I first heard that I was like that is such a beautiful way of expressing what it feels like to be in a relationship where you do feel more than just the sum of you Mm. because you are in this very powerful partnership with someone. So you are more than just yourself. But then I was thinking about it in the terms of the physical abuse and it just twisted it into this horrible situation that was crushing in my mind. But then it also made me think, Maybe they're alluding to some kind of Frankenstein narrative. Maybe. Like the parts all sewn together. I mean, because I think I also at the beginning kind of thought maybe it was a, um, like a story of kind of self-destruction because then uh, she mentions, I'm considering the character a woman because it was a female actor where Mm. I don't actually think there was any pronouns in the story. Mm. So the main character um, that I woke up in the morning and my shoulder hurt. Yeah. And I was like, it kind of gave me a lot of like, you know, like fight club or something that this, this war with another person is actually just a war with yourself. Mm. And, but then there wasn't really any other signs of that kind of being the narrative in the story because apart from the dream well there was the dream but then also the other character very like the, there was that scene at the end and the, the other character very clearly has his own teacup mm. that I was like oh <laughs> could still be an alter ego of kind mm. of a sort that's very interesting so yeah so I did think like potentially that was a, another way because then I was like then the punching line I was like that's still it's still incredibly sad, but it made me feel less crushed. Yeah. To be like... They're at war with themselves. Yeah, that it's this self-destruction rather than abusive. Yeah, true. Abuse onto oneself. 
because I don't like one other thing like you were saying those lines the lines of dialogue right at the end mm. I, I did think I had the same thing I thought they were just really beautiful because mm. even the the short little dialogue that I've got that I really specifically noted with the well what can I give you then it's what you can't take away now mm. and I was like that's either so kind of powerful or so creepy yeah <laughs> i can't figure out which <laughs> yeah i was wondering about that line as well because either it's like you can't take this away from me and it's very empowering like i will always have these memories or this, yeah exactly what i've learned from this experience and so you can't give me anything because i have it all within myself or it's creepy yeah, yeah it's it, it you'll never th- escape <laughs> yes it made me think of like this the lines from horror movies and stuff of just like well you're not getting away now mm. and i was just like i don't know it's either really nice or really not yeah yeah i mean maybe you're onto something with the it's about a transformation of self like they're breaking up with something in themselves, mm. and there isn't another being there at all because there were references to you know, rebirth, renewal, transformation with the particles element. So, and I think what they were saying was that after seven years, all the particles are renewed, but they've just had a seven-year relationship or like a six-year relationship. Mm. So it's all full of whatever this experience has been. Even if it's just themselves, they're all full of whatever's been happening in their own life for six years. But maybe there's an element of hope that this whole self-destructive mode is about to help them enter into a new seven years do you know what i mean yeah i did think that because i was sort of there was a real i forgot there was that line at the beginning of like how can you forgive me or something like that um Um, that soda says oh yeah yeah that i thought it was really interesting angry with me or um Mm. so i did think that was very interesting that that there was and this might have been in the way it was read. There was a very positive tone when they were talking about, you know, after seven years, I am completely made up with part. Like you are in every particle of me, mm. implying this really long connection. Um, so then that was sort of despite all this negativity. Later, it was like, this is beautiful and and lovely and and everything about you, like we're completely bound together now mm. um creepy or not i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's hard isn't it but yeah it was very very nice yeah incredible um, story incredibly written and a, a fantastic example of how you can incorporate incorporate surreal magical elements into a story while still saying something very real and raw mm. about human nature or human relationships or experiences yeah, it kind of gives me flashbacks to the Ice Cube story, mm. which is very similar. Like, they had this kitchen, very realistic setting with this very fantastical mm. element to it. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that episode, it is fantastic. That's an amazing story. <laughs> I still remember it. Still love it. <laughs> um, and in fact, you can find all our story, all our episodes, all our stories, if you subscribe via any of your normal podcast listening ways Mm -hmm. and chat about said stories on our facebook group and you can find the anthology that that story is in on the spineless wonders website shortaustralianstories.com.au it's an anthology of escapist literature called escape 
we are sponsored by the Australia Council of the Arts. Thank you to our friend, Kate, who picked that story for us. We'll pick that story for you because it was your turn. That's true. Yes. Well, for all of us to for enjoy. all of us to enjoy. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> and Rate, review and subscribe. And stay caffeinated. Yeah.